0: Summertime is here, and the best way to beat the heat is with these great deals at Mythmark.com. Join the adventure with sisters Emma and Olivia as they journey through the land of imagination in search of Yoon, the magical unicorn, in David K. Montoya's The Missing Unicorn and the Land of the Zombie Fairies or travel with poet Christopher Weiss as he shares his thoughts on love, death, inspiration, and madness in escaping the darkness running from my dreams. If fantasy romance is more your speed, join Celeste and Merrick as they figure out how to defeat the evil Wren doll while they figure out the plans of the elders in Stephanie J. Vardy's The Chosen. Like comic books, we got them too! Hot off the press is American Smash by Alan Russo and David K. Montoya for 4 dollars Or enjoy our older releases like The Hunter's Exodus for only 2 dollars also just in time for the summer are these other hot deals like Zoe M. Montoya's Uni Whale t-shirt, blue for boys and pink for girls, only 33 dollars or Lupus Bits the Podcast shirt for $27.99. For all our art lovers, we have something for you too with our prints and lithographs. Check out the Ed Bickford collection for $15 each or enjoy the art of Vincent May for $15. We have everything you'll need to stay inside and beat the summertime heat at mythmart.com. For more information, go to www.mythmart.com. Call us at 870-557-2612 or email sales at mythmart.com.
1: Yeah, I remember Quinn and his family. It was uh, 2220, you know, life was a depressing dead in existence thanks to the aftermath of global warming. The only thing they had to look forward to was a mandatory 40 year lifespan, at which point they'd be unceremoniously put to death and turned into compost. But only if they lived that long. You know, then one day Quinn made a fateful decision, and you know, there were disastrous consequences. Consequences that forced Quinn and his wife and their son and their friend to flee the confines of the city in search of a different life. They were searching for something better. Their hopes lie in the distant snow-capped mountains. But to get there, they had to cross that dreaded no-man's land. All while being chased by the World Order Security Police, who had orders to shoot to kill. Their food and water was running short. Could they make it to reach their new lives? Read their inspiring story to find out in Jim Bates' Something Better. Now available in
0: paperback and ebook. For more information, go to www.mythmart.com.
1: This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scare Fair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors, and for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Masari who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, Enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a screen Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Talkie Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults? So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com.
0: And now enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on, my way, you son. There'll be peace when you are done.
1: Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.
2: Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 57 of Lupa's Bits. I am, as always, your host, Lupa Barty. Okay, so you probably noticed the sound quality is a little different. Ignore the fan. It's staying, even if you can hear it. I kind of did a test, and it was sort of there and not there, but um, I didn't... I'm back at my sister's, and I didn't bring my podcasting equipment with me this time because I had full intentions of doing a poolside podcast now I am kind of poolside, I'm, in, I'm pool adjacent, I'm in the room beside the pool, and the, the main reason, and I'll be honest with you, the main reason why I'm not doing a poolside podcast is because I couldn't figure out how to record it with semi-decent sound quality and have my live studio audience there as well. In the pool, I would have had to have used my phone to record the podcast, and then I would have had to have had my live studio audience either on my tablet or on my laptop, and I'm really not overly keen on bringing my laptop into the pool room, you know, where it's humid and wet, and there is a high probability that I will accidentally drop one of them into the pool or onto the wet floor or onto just the cement floor. This is why my... Phone has a tempered glass screen protector on it, and a rubber phone case so that when I drop it, it bounces. My tablet and my laptop do not have such things, so yeah, that's why we kind of um, nixed the idea of doing the poolside podcast. Um, I mean, the summer's not over yet, so you know, it could still happen. I'm not using my regular podcasting equipment, so sorry, Joe, <laughs> figure it out. It's also very humid, so I have the fan on because I'm, again, right beside the pool. So it's a heated pool. It's very humid in that room. The washer and the dryer are in that room. So when the dryer is running, it's like a sauna in that room. And long story short, they can't close the door completely because of the renos. So all that humidity comes right into the basement where I'm sleeping,
1: which isn't actually
2: a basement because it's kind of a split level. So when you go out the door... Here, you're going right out onto flat ground. So we've been right into the backyard. But yeah, I'm back at my sister's. I am here until Sunday. I am recording this on Tuesday, but we're going to pretend that it's Friday because, you know, I'm all about pretending. And, and then I'll be going back home. So next week's podcast will be, you know, back with the equipment at the kitchen table overlooking my street in my tiny little apartment. And I will be very happy about that because I miss my bed. I do. I really do. I mean, this cot was great. And I had, I, I have a, a rather, I have a love affair with this cot. I really, really like this cot. And it kind of cradles me and I was very comfortable in this cot. And then I got my new apartment and I got my new bed. And I still like the cot because I have a heating pad on my bed so I can feel all the wires. I'm kind of like the princess and the pea when it comes to that. I can feel all the wires and it was kind of annoying me. And then when I went home after being here for 10 weeks of sleeping in this cot um, and then I went home and I went and bought myself a mattress cover, a quilted mattress cover, and I can't feel the wires anymore. And all of a sudden my bed is very, very comfortable and I'm all over it. I sleep like everywhere. (laughs) I think at one point in time, there was one morning I woke up and I was in the middle of the bed kind of starfished on an angle like my head was up in one corner And my feet were kind of down in the other corner and I was just like, "Eh." I think it was well, one of the really hot days. So I tossed and turned a lot in the night and blankets were just everywhere. And I'm just kind of like, oh, this is comfortable. I like this. And then I came back here and I'm sleeping on this cot and it's not as comfortable as it used to be. So I think the love affair with the cot is over. I haven't told the cot yet, but uh, yeah, I miss my bed. I like my bed. I love my bed. I really do. And I was I was actually I um, had made a comment to a friend of mine we were chatting and I was taking all the pillows off my bed and then I mentioned it to my sister that I had made this comment to my friend. I've always been a minimalist kind of person when it comes to my bed. You know, I have my head pillow, my leg pillow, a blanket, I'm good. Bottom sheet, I'm good to go. And all of a sudden, I have 11 freaking pillows on my bed. Five of them are decorative. And I'm trying to figure out when I became that girl, because I used to tease those girls. My mom being one of them, because my mom's got, okay, I think she's got like four pillows. So there's eight actual pillow pillows. And then there's two in a pillow sham. And then two decorative. And then like a little roll bun pillow thing. And then about 15 stuffed frogs on her bed. So there's very little room between where all of the crap stops and the end of the bed. And I used to tease her. And I noticed the other day when I was making my bed um, and I was stacking my, I have six freaking pillows, like pillow pillows. I could have five friends sleep over and they could each have their own pillow. I have six pillows. I, when I left Midland, I took two. I took my head pillow and I took my leg pillow. And somehow, in the over the year I have been gone, I have accumulated four other pillows. And I'm not exactly sure how I did that. I don't know where they came from. I don't know if the two pillows that I took with me were just happy and decided to multiply. I don't know. I don't know where these pillows came from. But I was given the decorative pillows because they match my bedspread. But yeah, um, as I was putting all the pillows on, I noticed that there is very little room between where the pillows stop and the end of the bed. So I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I've become that girl. And I know when I go home this time and I was there, I wanted to, I want to rearrange my bedroom, but I kind of want to wait until the heat of the summer is over because where my bed is right now, the window is right there at the head of the bed. So every cool breeze that comes through that window, I get it. I just love it. My bed's not flat against the wall. Like the head of the bed's not flat against the wall because A, there's a baseboard heater right there. B, there's this weird little jut out thing part of the wall. It's kind of weird. It's not flat. Then there's the window and it's not flat. And it's just, it's irritating. It, It bothers me. So I need to rotate my bed 90 degrees and put it against the other wall. But I'm debating on whether or not I want to put it against that wall because that wall adjoins to my neighbor's apartment. And I don't know if that's their kitchen wall or if they just like to sit on their chair and throw a tennis ball at the wall. I don't know. But they bang on that wall an awful lot. And I can be kind of grumpy if I'm woken up rudely. Okay, I can be be a lot grumpy. (laughs) <laughs> because uh, my friend Nisha hasn't even listened to this podcast yet, now I can already hear her laughing hysterically in my head. I've gotten better. I've gotten better about my my morning attitude, but yeah, I if I'm I'm woken up rather abruptly and rudely, I I can be a little bit of a bear. Uh, yeah, I will I will own that. I can be a little bit of a bear. So let that be a warning to anybody out there. If we happen to be having a sleepover and I'm woken up, do, don't, do just don't, just don't, <laughs> okay, just just let me wake up on my own, or at least, you know, with the wafting smells of coffee, because that always wakes me up in a good mood, but yeah, um, so I don't, I, I sometimes when I'm woken up that way, I will react before I think, which it's not really a thing that I do. I don't just react before I think. <laughs> Yeah, my live studio audience, if he's paying attention, I can't really see him. I've got my ring light on for extra light, but uh, there, yeah, he's laughing. <laughs> I figured, yeah, he, he's laughing. His windshield would beg to differ with that statement. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I tend to, I, I don't want to be pounding on the wall at seven o'clock in the morning because they're pounding on my wall. So I'm not sure if that's the best wall for the head of my bed. But if I put it on the wall where the closet is, then one whole side of the bed is going to be up against the wall. And that used to be a thing for me. For a very long time, I had to sleep with two sides of my bed, like basically my bed in the corner of the room. It was a fear thing and it was an insecurity thing. And it took a very long time for me to be able to sleep with just the head of the bed against the wall. You'll never, ever catch me sleeping in a bed in the middle of the room. Oh, no, that's not ever will that ever be a thing for me? Never. Nope. (laughs) Not doing it. Like you see all these really grand designs and they've got like this big round bed in the middle of the room with these fancy sheer drapes coming down and it looks really cool. No, no. Because if something's coming at me, I need something hard behind me that I can back up against because I need something heavy to lean on so I can kick whatever it is coming at me so I can get away or at least kick whatever's beside me close to it so that I can get away. I am not above throwing somebody in as a sacrifice. Take one for the team. I'm cute. I need to survive. But it took a very long time for me to be able to sleep with the the bed not against the wall because I would sleep like the bed would be against the wall and then I would sleep with my back against the wall. Like I would literally sleep on the wall and there were many nights that I would roll over and... <laughs> crawl over in the wrong direction and slam my face into the wall. Surprised I didn't break my nose doing that. It was, I think it was probably just the last six years that I've been able to sleep with the bed in the middle of the room, with the head of the bed against the wall. I don't wanna go back to sleeping with the bed against the wall because I know I will go right back into that fear pattern and I don't want to. It took me a long time to get out of it. I still won't sleep with any parts of my body hanging over the edge of the bed because the thing under the bed will reach up and grab me. You can tell me different. I don't care. I am 49 years old. I know this to be true. It will reach up and grab me. If you have anything hanging over the edge of the bed, it will reach up and grab you. And I caught myself one night. I think It was like, it was the, f- the first couple of nights that I was home because I was used to sleeping in the cot and my pillow kind of braces itself up against the cot and then I would punch my fist into my pillow and you know to so sleep. well the way my bed is at home is it's not flat against the wall so there's a gap so the pillow doesn't if you put the pillow up against the wall it kind of slides down so I was sleeping and I you know second night to my friend and I hung up turned the lights out got all comfortable and I sleep with one arm above my head and my other arm kind of curled up underneath my chin I put my arm up and I'm all comfortable and I got my feet you know off to an angle so that they're not hanging over the edge of the bed and I realized, as I'm just starting to drift off, I realized that my fingers were curled over the edge of the mattress. Immediately, I'm awake and I'm like, "Oh, something's coming up the edge of the mattress, and it's going to touch my hand." <laughs> I stand up and I'm like, "Oh, this can't be a thing." And yeah, I slept with both of my hands curled up underneath my chin. Yeah, I just—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm, when the when <laughs> when the lights go out, I turn into like a seven-year-old. When it's dark, I. When I lived and I lived in a house in Midland. It's a two-story, and I knew that house like the back of my hand. I knew where absolutely everything was because I put it there. I had placed every single piece of furniture. I had cleansed every corner of that house. I had blessed every corner of that house. I had um, Saint Christopher medallions in every single windowsill, every single corner. I had salt. I had red brick dust. I had. Every, there was nothing getting in this house. Nothing. I would turn those lights off downstairs and turn like, because the hall lights burnt out and they just, they never got fixed. Anyway, I would turn the lights out downstairs and it would be completely dark in the hole downstairs and then up the stairs. And the only light that would be on would be the light at the back of the house in my bedroom. As soon as that light went out, that creepy feeling hit the lower base of my spine. And I swear to God, I was going three stairs at a time. It took me less than a second and a half to go from downstairs to upstairs because something was chasing me. I wasn't going to turn around and, and find out for sure, but I'm pretty sure the feeling in the lower part of my back was telling me something was chasing me up those stairs. If I turned around, there'd be something there. Uh, seven-year-old, I tell you, I turn into, it gets dark, I turn into a seven-year-old. I, I will face a lot of things and I go into haunted houses, but I'm looking at it through a screen on a camera and I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm analyzing it and I'm using my equipment and I'm doing it scientifically, well, as scientifically as you can in that field. So that doesn't scare me. Like I'll be in a pitch black house and I will have like my infrared and I will have all of my equipment and I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. And I'm getting that creepy feeling up my back right now. So just bear with me and I'm good to go. But if I'm in my pajamas and I'm going to bed and I'm by myself and I have to turn the light out and um, I need my teddy bear and my blanket and my pillow and I'm going to run to my bed and then I will just leave because you can't just walk up to the edge of the bed and get into the bed. That's just ridiculous craziness because... Have you not seen those movies where they grab your body ankles, yank you under the bed? No, you leap onto the bed from the door. That's how, it, that's how it's done. And wherever my bed will be positioned in my room, there will be leaping space. I will be able to get to my bed from the door. Trust me. I used to have this reoccurring nightmare when I was a child that my floor would turn into, and this is going to make my live studio audience laugh, but it just kind of emphasizes my shark phobia just a little bit more. my, I would fall asleep and I would wake up and I would swear that the floor in my room had turned to water and there was a shark under my bed waiting. I usually had woken up from a nightmare involving a shark. I used to have a recurring nightmare that I would be swimming and the shark from Jaws would come and eat me, (laughs) basically. And I would wake up just as its teeth were sinking into my chest, like just below my neck. And that's when I would wake up. I would feel it all the way up my body, and then it would get to here, and I w- it would get to my, my collarbone. And as, just as the teeth were going in, I would wake up, and it'd be, whoa. <laughs> and um, I would grab my pillow, and I would grab my blanket, and of course, you know, he's under my bed waiting. So I would do the Mission Impossible. You would swear I had some kind of tether from my body leap from the bed to the door. And then, of course, you have to kind of land and do that, like bounce, because you don't want to thump. Because if you wake the parents, they're going to make you go back to your bed. So you do the thump, like you do the, 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 the little bouncy things so that you got your pillow and your blanket and bounce. I would do the Mission Impossible, like step down the hallway to my parents' room and every noise, every creak, every settling of the house. And I would freeze and hold my breath, thinking my parents were going to wake up and send me back to my bed. And I would get into my parents' room and I always slept on my dad's side because my dad was a fireman, he would he would protect me. My mom, well, she was useless. My dad would protect me. My mom would scream and wake up my dad. So why don't we just cut out the middleman and start with my dad. So I would ease myself down onto the floor and kind of like slowly, very, very slowly using every single muscle I have. I think at like one point in time there would be, I would be balanced like on my toes and my fingertips and maybe an elbow slowly lowering myself down onto the floor trying not to wake them up and holding your breath and trying to breathe as quietly as possible the entire time and then i would get myself down and i'd be on the floor and i'd put my head on my pillow and i'd slowly pull my blanket up and then i would relax i'd done it i'd made it i'm safe now here's the logic behind that think about this i will not step on the floor beside the bed in my own room but i will sleep on the floor beside the bed in my parents' room because there's no sharks under that bed. They're under my bed. Go figure. Yeah, and it took my dad probably about a year and a half, two years of me doing this to not just step out of his bed in the morning. Wasn't sure if I was going to be there or not. And right up, mom told me, right up the final morning before he went into his coma, he sat up and he looked over the side of the bed and then he swung his feet over to, you know, do all the stuff that he needed to this, do. This was in the hospital too, so there was absolutely no way I was going to be sleeping on the floor beside the bed. I had slept on the floor beside his bed in years. But it had become such a regular occurrence for years that it was just habit now. He would wake up, look over the side of the bed to make sure I wasn't down there, and then swing his feet over the side of the bed and get out of bed. Yeah, so that was, kind of, was kind of a heartwarming thing to know that, that he still kind of did that you know, make sure I wasn't there on the floor, but seven-year-old. Make it dark, I'm going to be a seven-year-old. Like, I have a lamp now because I won't turn the light off across the room in my sister's basement and then come over and get into the bed. No, I need a lamp and I will turn, I will stay on the bed. (laughs) It's kind of a precarious thing to do because I'm short, so I can't quite reach the lamp from a sitting position. I have to kind of get up on my knees to turn it off, but I won't get off the bed I will reach up and I will turn that on and then I will scooch back down and get under my blankets and get all situated and the stupid thing about it is I watch Supernatural to fall asleep so like that's a a 50 minute horror movie every episode doesn't bother me but having to walk across a dark room by myself and not mm -mm. nope nope won't do it I'm 49 years old you can't make me Nope. You can't. Uh, I'm a big chicken. I w- okay. I will freely admit I'm a big chicken. I, I put on this big tough exterior, but um, I'm a big fraidy cat <laughs> for the most part. I'm just a big fraidy cat. I was. We were at uh, Lake Ontario a couple weeks ago. I told you this in the last podcast. Taking, we'd taken the nephew and the niece and we had gone to Lake Ontario. We were swimming in the lake and <laughs> I was doing fine. I'm swimming in Lake Ontario. I'm swimming in one of the Great Lakes. And, you know, basic public school geography did not filter through my brain until Kyle had brought it up that all of the Great Lakes are attached and they drain into the Atlantic Ocean,
1: I think it is,
2: which, you know, is saltwater. So in theory, in theory, a shark could swim up the St. Lawrence Seaway through the Great Lakes to Lake Ontario and find me and eat me, in theory. Now, yes, I know they can't survive in fresh water, but there are freshwater sharks. I, 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 I've, I've read stuff, there's stuff, but yeah. So I, I, I didn't go back in the water after that conversation. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. There is no sharks in Lake Ontario. My biggest worry, swimming in Lake Ontario, is the bacteria, but. Yeah, no, I wouldn't go back in the water because in theory, there was a connection to the body of water I was swimming in and a salt body, a salted body of water where sharks were swimming. So I wasn't going back in the body of water. I have gone, when I was a kid, I would swim in the Gulf of Mexico all the time. And when we'd go to Florida, we'd go down to the Keys and I would swim down there too. And my cousin would go way out there and he'd be like over his head and he'd be swimming. And we could only go on days where the riptide was fairly low because you can't. You can't go up that far when the riptide's really bad. And I would only go up to, like, just, I guess, the bottom of my ribs, like my waist. Just above my waist is where I would go to because I knew I could see the shark coming. I could still see bottom. I could see him coming. And I could, if I had to, I could leap off of him and, and, you know, back (laughs) towards shore. And my grandfather had taught us how to body surf the waves back to shore if we needed to, but yeah, I wouldn't go out any deeper than that. Nope, 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 nope. I still have to have sturdy footing, but I would swim. And when we went to Florida in 2020, and we take, my sister and I did a beach day, which we are planning to do tomorrow. So, you know, be prepared. There'll be beach pictures. I had taken my nephew down and I went down first. I always, I don't know, it's just a thing that I do. It's like a little ritual that I do. I always go down to the water and I go in by myself. I had gone down to the salt water, and I think I, I did a video think I did a video on my TikTok about look it I'm in this salt water because I knew there'd be people out there that would be killing themselves laughing at the fact that I was standing in water where sharks were swimming bravely up to just below money <laughs> that's as far as I went in just below money but yeah I'm a big I'm a big fraidy cat I'm afraid to fly I, I'd say oh yeah you know the, the flight was great and you know, once I got up there I was fine no no that was a lie I did enjoy the scenery I did I did you know, I was amazed at the way our earth looks from way up there. And I would do, I would be looking at the landscaping and I'm watching it change from like these rocky, mountainous type scenery to, you know, sand. And, and I got to see the Hoover Dam. And then I would be enjoying that. And then I would go, holy crap, I'm up really, really high in a great big tin tube. And I would go That's right. <laughs> And I would be gripping the seat again and the girl beside me would be going are you all right oh i'm fine i'm fine put your headphones back on i'm fine i i don't like takeoff
1: i really 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 don't like landing
2: Mm -mm. not a fan so if i get into a plane for you i have to really like you because i am not a fan nope i've always been afraid of flying and flying didn't actually help that so you know but uh, I would prefer, it's funny, because the chances of dying in a car accident are far greater than um, falling out of the sky in a plane. But I would rather drive than fly. And okay, if you want gonna like, psychoanalyze that, it's probably because I'm in control of the three-ton vehicle that I'm driving or however much my little, well, I don't think my car weighs three tons, but I'm in control of this piece of metal hurtling down the highway. I am not in control of that metal tube hurtling through the sky, which did you know, and I've probably said this on my podcast after my flight, but I didn't realize air could be bumpy like a country road. I did not know that was a thing. I knew that I I, I had read up about turbulence. I had prepared myself to drop out of the sky. (laughs) My live studio audience is nodding at me like. He knows how many times have you flown once. See? (laughs) So he's not any more attuned. I've got one more flight up on him than he does. I've flown at least three times now. First time I flew, I was only three. And I don't remember it. My mom says I was really cute, though, and all the stewardesses liked me. Thought I was the most adorable thing on the plane because I'm looking out the window wanting to know why we were up above all these marshmallows. I wanted the marshmallows outside. And How could you stand me? I was just so adorable when I was a child. (laughs) I really was. Yeah. I, I, mm mm-mm. And it was funny because when we were going over, I don't know, some body of water, when I was flying from Florida to California, we were going over some body of water and it was in Florida, so probably the Gulf of Mexico or something. And I knew it was salted. I knew knew it was salted. I knew it was salt water. So I knew there were sharks down there and I'm looking out the window, trying to find them, trying to I'm looking for like dolphins jumping. I'm looking for whales. I'm looking for sharks. And I think... I think part of my fear of flying comes from the fact that you fly over these saltwater bodies of water. And if something happens, you fall into these bodies of saltwater. More than likely, the fall will kill me, but there's that slim possibility that I am going to be protected enough by my cheap little airplane seat that I will be bobbing around with my seat and, you know, next thing you know, I'm lunch. I have the same thing with bridges. I, I, bridges and tunnels are another, I don't know. I, I really need to go and see like a medium or something and find out what I was in a previous life because <laughs> some of my fears are really, really weird. I don't like bridges and I don't like tunnels. And my poor grandfather, when he would take us to Florida when we were kids, there's this place and you could either go over this really, really, really long bridge where you reach one point of the bridge and you can't see land on either side anymore. Or you could take the really, really long tunnel under it so he took the really really long bridge and I cried and threw up (laughs) and begged him not to do it again so on the way back he decided let's take the tunnel that'll be fun okay so let's take the panicked child that was freaking out because you were over the big body of water let's take that child under the big body of water I don't know if it was water leaching through the cement from the ocean that was running down the walls or if it was just condensation from all the cars in the tunnel or what, I don't know. But there there was moisture on the walls, on the insides of the tunnel, under the water. And all I could think of is yeah, I, I handle it far better on the bridge. I only cried and threw up, and, but I stayed in my seat, in my seatbelt on the bridge. In the tunnel, by the time he got out of the tunnel, I was on the floor, like on the floor, you know, where you put your feet, the little fl- there. I was curled up there. (laughs) I'm not sure why I thought that would protect me (laughs) if the tunnel caved in and the cement came down and all the water came rushing in and the shark came in and ate me because that was my thinking. If the tunnel cracked and the water got in and the tunnel broke the shark would come and eat me. Not the fact that I would probably drown in the car. The cement would crush me. The car would crush me. All the other cars in the tunnel would crush me. No, 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 no. I would survive and the shark would come eat me. That's how they always end. Shark comes and eats me. I have a phobia, a big one of sharks. I'm never going to get over that one. I'm sorry. It's going to be a thing. I'm never going to get over it. Yeah, I totally went off on a tangent there, didn't I? Wow, holy moly. Anyway, welcome to the show. (laughs) This is your, your, uh... yeah, sorry. Anyway, I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. I'm kind of a little scattered. August is never a good month for me. This is a particularly hard week. For me, and I'm kind of glad I am here with my sister. Friday, you probably won't, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, I don't know, the 21st. I won't be around much. Only those nearest and dearest to me will probably hear from me because that will be the 13th anniversary of the death of my dad. And I'm actually, I think this is the, the first year I've handled it this well. I'm usually... Grumpy and miserable and emotional and that explains the misunderstanding, by the way. (laughs) Totally explains that. Those who know will understand that. But yeah, it's a rough week for a lot of us. I was speaking to my ex earlier tonight and uh, I actually have to message him when I'm done this and uh, point out the week because I think he knows, but I don't think... He is understanding that this is why he's reacting the way he's reacting. Long story short, there's a blowout between him and my daughter and him and my daughter's boyfriend. Almost got into a fistfight because apparently the boyfriend's drinking and he decided he was going to get all tough and try and, and, you know, be tough with my daughter. And her dad stepped in between the two of them and pretty sure he doesn't listen to the podcast. So for the first time in 27 years, he didn't back down. I will say I'm impressed. I didn't see it, so I don't know. But, you know, first time for everything. But it's his kid, so I get it. And he said that, uh, he he messaged me about half an hour ago and said, well, apparently they've made up. In this big kerfuffle, he ended up kicking them out. They have to be out by the end of the month. No, she is not moving in with me. Nope, because she doesn't come with just her. I love my daughter, but she comes with baggage and a boyfriend and about 15 cats and a dog, I think. I don't know. I don't want to know what's going to happen, but I'm her mom. So we still co-parent and he, he got, when we were together, he got the better end of the parenting deal because he never had to be the bad guy. He never had to be the regulator. He never had to be the enforcer. That was my job. He got to be dad. He got to be, you know, Oh, it's okay. Come on. I'll take you. Just don't tell your mother. Um, He got to be, you know, here's five bucks, go get some candy, where I was the one that had to be the heavy. Now that I'm not there, guess what? He has to play that role. He has to be the one to lay down the law. He has to be the one to say, hey, clean up your dishes, pick up your clothes, take out the garbage, stop eating all the food. I'm not there to do it. So he complains to me all the time and... It drives him, I know it irritates the hell out of him when he's venting about, you know, she ate all the food in the fridge and they don't contribute anything and they're not paying rent and there's always dishes and everywhere he worked, there's a mess here and there's a mess there. And then I come back with a, LOL, I'm sorry. I, I, you want me to feel bad for you? (laughs) Nope. But I think he overreacted to the situation Okay, yeah, it was a bit much for Katie to tell her dad to go to work an hour early and work overtime just so her her and her boyfriend could have some quality time together. But I don't think that necessarily warranted kicking them out. I think he isn't dealing with the time of year because, I mean, we were together for 27 years, so he knew my dad too. He knew my dad really, really well. Seeing as I've always driven a lemon and my dad was a mechanic, they got to know each other fairly well working on my vehicles (laughs) and the conversation the two of them would have would usually start with how could you let her drive it like that and then dad would look at me and go how could you drive it like that I would throw my hands up and go I don't take care of the vehicles that's not my job and they would go off into the garage and you would hear slamming and there would be cursing and mom would close the door because there would be some really bad language at some points in time Um, and then dad would come in, grab two beers, go out and everything would quiet down and my car would get fixed. I know he's hurting too. I know he's, he's, it's a rough week for him too. And I think that's where a lot of the issues that he's having right now with our daughter is coming from because she's feeling it too. Uh, she was very young when he passed and he was her best friend. My dad was everything to my daughter And he always told her, every time he'd see her, he'd scoop her up and give her a big, how's my little apple today? How's my best friend? And um, whenever there was a family gathering, she was always on his lap or hanging off of his back or sitting beside him or something. She was always near my dad. So she took it pretty hard, too. And she's struggled with it for the last 13 years. She has struggled with it and accepting it. So I know... Her emotions are high this week because she's unbalanced at best. Um, so I know his emotions are high this week, and I think the two of them have kind of forgotten where we are like what this week is. And that we had always made a rule in the house that whatever was said, whatever was done, whatever transpired, whatever emotions rose, and whatever heads butted together, we would just get through it. And then when the week was over, we would go back and we would deal with the situations when we were in a calmer, more rational state. And usually it was me going back and going, I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. Because I've i gotten better over the years, but for the first five or six years, I didn't handle it well. And it dawned on me the other day, I hate August. I really do. I'm, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. It wasn't for the fact that my granddaughter and my niece were both born in August. I would pretty much just Forget the month existed. I lost three people that I loved with all of my heart in the month of August. Yeah, I'm not a fan. (laughs) I'm not a fan of August at all. Nope. And I don't, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. I'm actually going to dedicate this episode to my dad and to to Tony and to Dana. Yeah, thanks for making my August suck. (laughs) Appreciate that. But yeah, I'm not a fan of August. I don't, I don't, yeah. I'll be glad when September, I never thought I'd say this. And you know, all you people that know me know that I'm a summer person, but I'll be glad when September finally gets here and I can just put this month behind me and move on. Not a fan, not a fan. I mean, it's getting better. There are things in August that, you know, make me smile and brighten my day, but not a fan. Okay. So now that I've gone off on a tangent for 42 minutes and pretty much haven't done anything that I'm supposed to do. Well, I'm not really supposed to do anything. I don't really have like a set thing. Let's go and check out our Fun Pack Friday. And yes, I do actually have some Freaky Friday stuff for you. And I'm, I'm going to admit, I completely and totally stole the Freaky Florida Friday thing from um, Seeing Red because they used to do this thing where they would talk about really messed up stories in the news and at 99.9% of the time it came from florida florida people are just messed up so i totally 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 stole this shtick from them (laughs) i will give them credit for it i will steal it i will use it and i will make myself famous for it so there (laughs) thank you thank you thank you yeah it would be a total different thing if you know They were still on the air, but, you know, they're not. So fair game. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to start out with our Friday fun facts because we all love Friday fun facts. So did you know that Saudi Arabia, you see all the camels and, and you assume they're there. Did you know that Saudi Arabia actually imports camels from Australia? Saudi Arabia is known for its vast expanse of desert. So it may seem unbelievable that they rely on Australia to supply them with animals that dominate their landscape. Australia originally had camels imported to be used for transporting heavy loads over riding. They were let loose when their work was done, causing an unwanted spike in their population. Australians then sold the camels back to desert-based countries like Saudi Arabia, which use camels at a much higher volume. That's kind of neat. Okay, well, I can pronounce his last name. So, fun fact, one man once survived two atomic bombs. Pretty sure he can't procreate, and he's probably got a third arm growing out of the center of his back. But Sutomu Yamaguchi, see, I told you I could pronounce his last name, survived both nuclear attacks to Japan when the U.S. dropped atomic bombs during World War II. Yamaguchi, sent to Hiroshima on business on August 6, 1945, saw the U.S. drop the first atomic bomb. Miraculously, he survived with burns across his face and arms, but made it home to Nagasaki. Three days later, the second atomic bomb hit, flattening Yamaguchi's home. (laughs) Poor guy. Oh, my God. That's horrible. I'm laughing, I know, but that's horrible. Because his family was out finding ointments to treat his already existing burns, they were safe in a tunnel and miraculously survived as well. All right, you know what, dude? Go buy a lottery ticket. Well, this is interesting. Pluto, which is now, again, a planet, a planet with an identity crisis, Pluto technically isn't even a year old. I don't understand how that could be a thing because we all learned about Pluto as a planet in public school. So Pluto was discovered on February 18th, 1930. It is the farthest dwarf planet from the sun, requiring it to go a much further distance than we are used to on Earth. It takes 248 Earth years for Pluto to complete one rotation of its own around the Sun. Ah, this place is Pluto's first birthday since its discovery on Monday, March 23rd, 2178. (laughs) And none of us will be around to see it. (laughs) Okay, you know what? I swear, sharks are haunting me, okay? Because the next fun fact, and I didn't pick these fun facts, I am just scrolling through the list. And now I'm going to have to start looking at cows. Did you know that cows kill more Americans each year than sharks do. Thank the Lord, I'm Canadian. Thank you, Jesus. Canadian, sucks to be (laughs) you, if you're American. Cows kill more Americans each year than sharks do. While sharks account for about 53 bites per year, only one of those end up being fatal. Cows, on the other hand, or hoof, kill around 20 people per year. Why do you think we eat them? Kill or be killed? Pretty much. That's why I eat cows. Kill or be killed. Okay, I'm gonna have to go and examine my niece when she wakes up tomorrow. Um, I did not know this. Newborns don't have kneecaps. <laughs> oh sure, my live studio audience knew that. Of course you mean. <laughs> I did not know that. I did not know that newborns do not have kneecaps. The belief is only half truth, as babies actually technically do have kneecaps. Hmm when they are born. Those knees just aren't hardened yet and remain soft cartilage throughout their childhood until they eventually turn into bone. Okay, Uh, apparently in Germany, people help toads cross the road. You might not want to bring up the popular video game Frogger in Germany. There, they like to protect their frogs, toads, and other amphibians. In order to save them from harm when crossing the street, conservation organizations installed more than 800 fences along popular roadways. Along these fences are buckets, so when they try to cross, they eventually hop into one. At the end of the day, wildlife conservationists collect the buckets and release frogs across the road into a nearby forest with ponds and lakes. So why'd the frog cross the road? Because he was in a bucket. I guess that's their equivalent of waiting for the bus. I'm sorry, I just found that insanely funny. It's with the frogs in the bucket, waiting for the human bus to come and take them across the road. Where are you going, across town? I'm sorry. It's late. I'm delirious. I've had like two and a half hours sleep, so don't judge. Cheetahs don't roar. Cheetahs can't roar, but they can purr, meow, hiss, bark, and growl instead. This type of behavior is much like the domestic cats we keep in our house. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Keep a cheetah. I dare you. Let's see. Let's do a couple more, and then we'll move on to Freaky Friday Florida facts. (laughs) Well, (laughs) hmm. The majority of Americans choose dogs over love. Yeah. Dogs have been known for the longest time as man's best friend, but Americans are increasingly taking that to a new level in 2017. In a 2017 study from Rover.com conducted over three years, found that 50% of dog owners are willing to end a relationship if their pup doesn't like their partner. I have heard of that. The study also found that 94% of dog owners consider their dogs to be part of the family. Oh, well, yeah. Hello. That goes without saying. The 78% include their pups in major family moments. Since one in four people say, said they bring their cuddly companions on first dates, maybe consider bringing dog treats instead of flowers next time. Okay, well this is the one we're going to stop on as, you know, Star Wars. The first Star Wars was expected to be a flop. The original 1977 Star Wars had a budget of $8 million, which distributor 20th Century Fox was reluctant to give to director-writer George Lucas. So he accepted a lower salary in order to keep the budget. The movie went on to make $775 million around the world, and Disney picked up the entire franchise for $4 billion. For comparison, Star Wars The Last Jedi, which re- was released in 2017, had a reported budget of $317 million, compared to the $8 million of the very first one that started the entire thing, and in my opinion... The first three were the best. Okay, so we're gonna, st- I said we we're gonna stop there, so I'm not gonna keep scrolling. I'll save those for next week. Okay, so we're to Florida, we go. And uh, this one is titled Bird is the Word. Yes, I will wait, because I know Misha's killing herself laughing right now. And she probably yelled into the house if Brandon was, Hey, Brandon! <laughs> bird is the word! And if she does that, I guarantee you, Brandon will be walking around the house going, Bird, Bird, Bird Bird is the word. He'd been doing that since he was a little kid. Okay, so. Amazon and other delivery drivers had been working overtime in the past nine months as more and more consumers transitioned to online shopping. But Florida didn't exactly make it easy on the last on at least one of those essential workers. In DeBerry, a ticked-off turkey chased an Amazon delivery man all the way back to his van. George, the temperamental turkey, wasn't the only bird to run afoul. An emu in Jacksonville got loose this fall and chased after passersby until it was eventually wrangled and in Tampa, a man said he was trapped with more than 200 parrots on his five-acre landlocked property. On a more calm and regal note, a beautiful bald, bald eagle went for a leisurely strut across a backyard in Apopka just recently. Now this is the one that caught my attention. It's Fear the Reaper. The Tale of the Florida Grim Reaper is one that made headlines for months. Attorney Daniel, why do I always pick the ones with the weird names, Alfelder, got the idea in May to dress up as Death Personified and hit the beaches to give a stern warning to Floridians that spending their time on the sandy shores could increase their risk of contracting or even dying from COVID-19. To really show his support for a statewide stay-at-home order, he filed a lawsuit against the governor asking that the beaches stay closed in order to keep residents safe. Just recently... The governor asked that Uff- Uffelder be sanctioned for what he called a frivolous lawsuit. Uffelder wasn't alone in his efforts. Around the same time that he was on the beach patrol, protesters in Tallah- Tallahassee lined up in body bags outside the state capitol to prove their point. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are better ways to. Okay, so just because air travel was down in 2020 doesn't mean there was a decrease in air antics. These three women reportedly threw phones, shoes, full water bottles, metal boarding signs, and fast food at several Spirit Airline employees. Ah, See, I flew Spirit Air because they were upset their flight from Fort Lauderdale to Philadelphia was delayed. While they never made it onto the plane, this this Florida couple did, only to decide they wanted off. So they deployed the emergency chute and slid back down onto the runway. According to Delta officials, there was also this woman who was accused of hitting a flight attendant in the face because she didn't want to wear a mask during the flight. And then a mother of six who was forced off a flight because her two-year-old daughter wouldn't keep her face covering in place. I tell you, watch Okay, So the funniest thing, I will say there was a couple of funny things about flying and I did fly Spirit Air. So... (laughs) You can tell the employees of Spirit Air don't make as much money as, say, employees of Delta or TransCanada or, you know, the bigger airlines. So they're giving their um, safety speech, you know, check the lights and there's there's exits in the front and the back and both sides and <laughs> guys do it. And this was on this was coming back. So this was on the flight from Las Vegas to Florida. Flamboyant would be an understatement. He was playing it up and he was was absolutely hilarious. You could totally tell he hated his job. He just had to say this spiel and get it over with. And he wasn't really paying attention a whole lot to what he was saying. Um, he's trying to show you how to do the seatbelt buckle. Meanwhile, he's like flipping the the air mask thing around like a lasso. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I couldn't tell you how I'm supposed to get off a plane in an emergency. No idea, but it was highly entertaining. <laughs> it was highly entertaining. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have, we have them here. It happened here in Canada, too. Those packets of mystery seeds. Mystery seeds. So during the summer months, more than a thousand Floridians received odd packages in the mail that they didn't order that turned out to be packets of seeds from China. I think We got some at the house, and I know a few other people here in Canada that actually got some too. I think my brother-in-law got some. Consumers who received the seeds were told not to plant them in case they were from an invasive plant species or something much worse. The seeds were ultimately identified as being from your garden variety species, mint, sage, rosemary, lavender, and the like. It's one mystery solved. Ugh, and again with the sharks can't forget about the sharks. I'd like to. Gators aren't the only creatures lurking in the waters. Sharks made some waves this year too. Like when one got a little too close for comfort to a little boy who was boogie boarding on Cocoa Beach and an officer had to step in to help. Or when this nurse shark latched onto the arm of a man who grabbed it as pictured above. Well picture I can't see it. And even this hammerhead that was caught on drone video circling around a clueless swimmer. While well, those May just have been close calls with no real damage done. Not everyone got so lucky. A pregnant woman in the Florida Keys pulled her husband to safety after a large shark took a chunk out of his shoulder in a siesta key. A shark bit a man who then walked home on his own, bleeding the whole way. Perhaps the most unlucky of them all is Justin Stuhler, who has now survived both a shark attack and a gator attack. You know what, dude? Just stay out of the water. That's all you need to do. Just, just stay out of the water, okay? Let's see. Oh, here we go. All right. I'm not ashamed to admit I watched it. So the Tiger King himself, Joe Exotic, may not technically be from the Sunshine State, but the hit Netflix series had some major Florida ties. Exotic's arch nemesis, Carol Baskin, <laughs> owns Big Cat Rescue in Tampa and was awarded. Exotic's Zoo in Oklahoma. While Exotic is currently behind bars for trying to hire a hitman to kill Baskin, among other things, Baskin also has her fair share of legal troubles. She's currently facing a lawsuit over the whereabouts of her missing millionaire husband, who hasn't been seen since 1997. Given the popularity of the show, authorities have been re-examining the case and recently determined that the man's will was forged. And yet another twist of the Tiger King saga, a tiger recently bit a volunteer at Big Cat Rescue and in an attack that was almost identical to the one at Exotic Zoo. Technically, that was more than 23, but we know it was just the tip of the iceberg. See, there was 23 things here. Yeah, so interesting. I will have some more interesting Florida, freaky Florida fun facts for you next Friday. <gasps> Oh, it doesn't matter. Never mind. I was panicking because all of a sudden I'm offline. But that's okay because um, I don't need to be online just yet. I don't need to be online until I have to upload this. And we are now an hour into this, so I think I am going to end that on our Freaky Friday Florida fun fact note. Next week I will be back and it will be another fun-filled episode and I will tell you all of my adventures this week. Um, My niece's Birthday party is going to be on Sunday, and then I will be heading home. My new laptop is coming on Monday. Um, So, yeah, I might be recording the podcast on Tuesday on my new laptop. So, we will see. Saving myself some money. So, yeah, y'all stay cool and calm and collected. And have a good week, everybody. I will catch you all. You know where to find me. I'm everywhere. I'm on, let's see. Okay, let's do the rundown. I am on Facebook at... Lupa's Bits, the podcast, The World of Myth magazine, Stephanie J. Bardi, author, Lupa Bardi, uh, Dark Myth Publications, Zombie Works Publications. I think that's it for Facebook. On Instagram, I am, oh, and Luhu Baskets, but that's kind of defunct at the moment. On Instagram, I am at Lupa's Bits, the podcast. I am at Stephanie Bardi, author, Stephanie Lupa Bardi, author. Dark Myth Publications. I don't think I have a Zombie Works Publications yet, but that is coming. I'm on TikTok at Lady Lu Who and I'm on Twitter at all of those places as well. So come find me. If you want to email me, it's lupabardy, O-U-P-A-B-A-R-D-Y dot, at gmail.com. Yeah. So you want to do some advertising on the magazine? You want to do some banners? You want me to do a commercial for you? I am a voice actor now apparently so hook me up call me up hook me up whatever get a hold of me somehow we'll talk all right everybody have a good week and i will talk to you all next week see ya carry on my you want
0: there'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest
1: Don't you cry